Welcome to the Coming Clean Podcast, the truth about cleaning. This is episode 16. Today we're going to talk about disinfectants, the good, the bad, and the new. COVID-19 continues to reshape our world, especially in respect to cleaning. Today we're going to examine the impact disinfectants have in the overall cleaning process, their impact on the general public, on the essential workers, our janitors, and the environment. Surfaces are being continually sprayed on a daily basis with disinfectants for any public area that's open. Is this the right approach? In an earlier podcast, I examined the difference between cleaning and killing. Cleaning is the removal of unwanted matter. Disinfecting is the killing of microorganisms. I also, in, a, in another episode, examined cleaning science and how it can be applied to this process to make sure that a surface is cleaned properly before we disinfect. Think about a restaurant that has a wash, rinse, and sanitize application to protect flatware and glassware when you're eating in public. It's a similar thought process for what should be happening for public spaces. So today, I'm going to examine disinfection a little bit tighter as a standalone topic. What are the available options and what are any new alternatives? So my guest today is the founder and COO of Clean Republic. His company markets a me markets medical grade non-toxic solutions across the spe broad spectrum. Their mission is to support human health by developing safe, sustainable and effective cleaning solutions. He's also the CEO of Plant Aid, which does a very similar thing, but in the agricultural space. I am happy to have Jake Piccoli. Jake, thanks for joining me. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. This is, uh, it's, it's exciting. Intro is so right on and so important. I mean, we're obviously faced with uh, some unfortunate circumstances, but you know, disinfecting is obviously one of the keys to this whole deal. Uh, but we have to do it right. And that's, you know, what we're focused on here at Clean Republic. You know, we've said it from the beginning. It's the same notion with plant aid. Uh, it doesn't make sense to solve one problem while causing another. And unfortunately, you know, that's, that's the reality when you start dealing with chemicals. And so we have to be very careful. And I know we're going to unpack, you know, more and more of this. But uh, again, thanks for having me. This is uh, this is totally cool. Awesome. So let me give our audience just a little background. In the U.S., a disinfectant product is registered with the EPA. That EPA registration ensures that the product using that term disinfectant meets certain defined criteria. It kills specific organisms to a required level, that we have a proper dwell time to achieve that result and the dilution rate needed to achieve that result. And all that is listed on the label and needs to be executed per the label instructions. All these products are on what, and if you go to the EPA site, it's a pesticide list because they kill things, right? So, there are three real common types of disinfectants that are being used right now, Jake. And if you can just help our audience kind of, from your perspective, talk a little bit about them. The three main types are 
quaternary ammonias, or commonly referred to as quats, chlorine, bleach, and the peroxide-based cleaners. So just give us a little overview of those traditional types, and then maybe we'll dive a little bit into what, what you're doing at Clean Republic. Sure. So quats and bleach-based products, I mean, we all know them. We all love the smell. We're all, we, we've been addicted to them for for well, since about 1935. In fact, the same year that the Looney Tunes introduced Porky Pig. So, you know, we always joke over here that, you know, that we need innovation in the space, but quad is the, is, is the bread and butter. Um, they work. They, they do work. Clorox, Lysol, you know, they've all got them. The big, the big boys are, are, are that's what they're, they're typically using. Um, Cavicide, Barbicide, you know, these these names that probably don't mean so much to you unless you're in the commercial space. Um, but you know, they're approved, they kill, they get the job done and we all move on with our lives. Uh, I'll circle back to the oxidizers and the chlorines, but you know, you, you touched on peroxide. Um, we know hydrogen peroxide probably more so because of, you know, the general, oh, you get a, a cut or some kind of a scrape. You're going to use that to, to clean with uh, to clean out the, the the wound. However, it's also used in the commercial setting, and and we use it throughout our homes. A lot of people, given the um, environment that we're in, have have, have actually turned to hydrogen peroxide. Um, there's some issues with it, though. You know, I mean, it's 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 very acidic, so it's going to bleach things. Um, so you have to be a little bit careful. What we love and where we play is in the oxidizer space. So we touch on something called hypochlorous acid and I, and I know you're gonna team me up to, to give more and more about it, but you know, an oxidizer, um, several different forms and fashions, but you know, uh, they're so effective and, and, and they tend to be easier on the human body and better from a human health perspective. And that's why we deal with the oxidizers. And I can tell you, you know, the US is, is slowly uh, making this transition, but uh, you know, you look at the European Union right now. We just launched in the UK. It's all oxidizers. That's all they want. Um, the, the regulators over there, they're they're highly tuned in on them. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's where we think the future of those three. That that'll be the winner going forward. Yeah, no, that's great information. I'm, you know, I've I'm personally, you know, been in this business over thirty years. And I'm concerned with the amount of quats that are being applied to surfaces every day because of a couple of reasons. While they do work, I know from being in the field and, and working with janitors that the mixing, the dwell time, and following the label instructions is complicated. And pre-cleaning before you disinfect is another step that complicates this process. So what I fear is that we're applying a lot of pesticides into the market, impacting the public health, the workers' health, the environment, and most uh, upsetting or problematic for me is that if they're not being applied correctly, we're poisoning our society without getting the intended outcome. And that really, to me, is the, is the big issue, Jake. Well, here's the reality, the unfortunate reality, I should say. 
95% of the products on the market are quaternium ammonium or bleach-based products. Historically, we've used these products in the household once, twice, maybe three times a week when you're doing your deep clean, you know, you're getting in the bathroom and you got your gloves on, whatever. Uh, in the commercial setting, middle of the night, you know, it, you got janitorial services in there. There's, there's no real general public around. Now, because of COVID, it's all day, every day. And beyond that, the application method has changed. So lots of use of electrostatic sprayers and foggers. They are efficient. It's a good way to get product out, but it's now up in the air. So we've got inhalation risk. So we have to be very, very careful, you know, to your point about, you know, how do we apply these products? Because when they're applied the wrong way, incorrectly, I should say, they, they, they do pose a public health hazard. And I use example um, on our, you know, when we're, we're pitching all the time, I say, listen, we're spraying a quad via an electrostatic sprayer on an airplane in between, you know, land, touchdown, get the passengers off, spray, get them back on there, shut the door. I mean, this is, we're living through a giant human case study right now of what happens when you apply these products all day, every day. And the EPA, the American Respiratory Association, the European Lung Association, they're telling us what is going to happen based on these 20 year studies. And it's not good. It's COPD, asthma, lung cancer, infertility, so on and so forth. So, you know, I get it. We have to kill, we have to clean, we have to take care of this COVID thing, but we have to do it in the right way. We have to wear the proper PPE with some of these products. And uh, it's just the fact of the matter. So let's, you know, let's, you know, we, we got to take this seriously, I guess is my point. Yeah, no. And I think this is great to just expand the dialogue. I want everybody to be eyes wide open. You can make your own choices, but just have the, have good information. So let's talk a little bit about how, what you're doing. You, you mentioned it a little bit earlier with the hydrochloric acid and the oxidizer. How's that? fundamentally different than the quats or the chlorine bleaches? Sure. So the EPA ranks all of these products, they put them in categories, right? One through four uh, based on the toxicity level. Well, hypochlorous acid is a category four, which places it among the least toxic of all disinfectants. In fact, the EPA also puts that uh, a category four toxicity rating on, on water. So the way that we formulate it is salt water run through an electrolysis process. The rescrambling the molecules, recombining them, creating HOCl is the chemical ticker on it. It is the infection fighting compound in the human white blood cell. Really cool history on it. It was actually a wartime product. So this came in, in World War I. Uh, we were running out of hydrogen peroxide, rubbing alcohol on the battlefield. So we were taking these generators, we were making HOCL, using it for post-surgical wound healing and cleaning, as well as to neutralize chemical burns. After the World Wars went by the wayside, mostly because there was there were there were, the big issue with hypochlorous acid has always been the stability of it. Mid uh, 1980s, some Russian scientists they kind of started to kick it. They brought in some of their French colleagues on on, on the chemistry side really started to bring this back to life by the mid 1990s it made it here to the united states um 
and we started to play with it in different forms of fashion. Really, I think one of the primary uses for it was we're going to use this in a hospital to kill C. diff. Obviously, that's a huge problem uh, here and I guess around the world. It's the number one hospital acquired infection. More people die of C. diff in the hospitals per year uh, than any other pathogen that, or bacteria that they might um, absorb or come in contact with. But it was never commercialized, right? So here we are. We're going into the 2000s. We've got hypochlorous acid. We know what it is. We know it's got this killing power. We know that it's it's uh, relatively safe, right, compared to the to, to the other products on the market. But it, how do you commercialize a product like that, right? Like, how do you commercialize a product that has a 30 day shelf life? And so we teamed up with some with some folks who are, you know, admittedly more intelligent than myself. Uh, we, we started throwing big money behind it. Um, and as it sits today, we've developed this to have a 12 month shelf life. So we want our goal and our mission is to be the guys to bring pure hypochlorous acid shelf stable to the market in a very real way. Just to, just to note on it, because, um, one of the things that's so fascinating about this product is that it, there's not just application of in, in, as a disinfectant, which obviously we're talking about, but you mentioned plantain. So this product, um, we spray it on crops uh, to help eradicate molds and mildews. And powdery mildew causes more crop loss throughout the world than any other. Uh, I can't. I, I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to pigeonhole and say mold or you know any this is a mold or a mildew because there's a lot of things that cause cause crop loss. But this is a problem, and we have the solution. So um, I could go on and on, but uh, hypochlorous acid for us, it's just you know we we like to say we're just scratching the surface it's unfortunate that a global pandemic really brought this to the forefront but you know we're this is we're changing the paradigm of cleaning and that's that's really important and the world deserves it yeah no i appreciate you sharing all that fantastic i'm familiar with the product as you mentioned in my experience it's been the stability and shelf life that has been the issue you know from people trying to put their own uh, saltwater generators on the wall and creating it on demand, but you run into a lot of regulatory issues. There's just, it's been around, but it's just never been put into the right package so that it, it could be effectively applied, used, trained, executed. Um, sure. And so I'm excited that you guys are on the track. Um, I encourage anybody listening to check it out. How can they get more information about Clean Republic and your products, Jake? Yeah, I mean, clean-republic.com is is a great place to start. Uh, You can always call us. Um, One of our big initiatives for for 2021 is we we, we rolled out um, what we're calling our client development team. Um, This team is really focused on helping people after the point of sale. So a lot of the big companies right now, uh, you know, they're fine to sell you a product and then say, well, well, you know, call me the next time you got a PO in hand. Uh, that's, that's not our approach here. We, we believe that the world needs a little bit more support given the climate. Uh, so, you know, with Clean Republic, we give you the best solutions. We recommend the best application methods, and then we help you craft 
you know, your standard operating procedures for how to apply these products. So this is this is very much hands on and, um, you know, reach out to us in, 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 however, however you can, you know, however we do it today. Um, the, but yeah, no, that's great. So it's clean-republic.com. I urge everybody to check it out. Jake, I wish you well on your mission. I think it's a noble one and anything I can ever do to help, let me know. I hope my listeners check it out. Have a fantastic and safe day. Hey, Thanks for joining me. Appreciate you. I, you know, I wish you were over here. We're in Boulder, Colorado, sitting on Pearl Street and, uh, it, uh, you know, as soon as this mess, you know, clears up, you, you're going to come over here and we'll do this thing in person. You can book it. All right, everybody. Thanks. We'll be back next week with more information. We're out.